Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash gang. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com backslash gang. Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and I'm joined this week with a lovable gang of assholes. Let's do the roll-off real fast. First up, Bobby Pike, how are you? I'm wonderful, even though we're tone deaf. I know, we totally are totally tone, tone deaf. deaf. Oh my god. Peter Dancy, how are you, my friend? Hi, I am halfway through a bottle of Chardonnay, and I'm feeling pretty damn good. It's pretty good, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And I love how you're like white girl wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Hon- okay, honestly, considering how many considering how many times people call me Oreo throughout my life, it's like I might as well live up to it at least once in my life. Yeah. I- oh no. <laughs> oh, oh. No, you can't. That was you meant can't. to be funny, not get like an awe of sympathy and like like oh, oh damn, no. that was hard. <laughs> Against That's what I bring to the table this week, Peter. Like uh, like I like, oh, I, I literally speaking. did a read against myself. Be quiet. Oh my god, let's let everyone talk here. Sarah Becker, how are you, Sarah? I am fantastic. I may be getting even more white girl wasted that white girl wasted than Peter because I'm drinking spiked sparkling water and can't say white girl wasted, apparently. (laughs) This is already boating well. And joining us again for the second time in his consecutive show on the MGP, how are you doing? Sean Solis. You know, it was actually better before he like sang the funeral dirge at the beginning of the show. <laughs> oh, really? oh, I'm sorry. That was fucking terrible. You know, the worst thing is if you sang along, whatever. I have your own track, and I'm gonna use your track singing White Christmas as my like like my Acapella. Phone. It'll be the ringtone. It's gonna shine. Yes. It was fucking awesome. Oh my god, cool. I'm glad, I'm glad. So, for the first time ever on the Movie Gang podcast, we have somebody that is in the logo head but hasn't been on a cast yet until a year later. He is, of course, William Shrout. How are you, Will? Introduce yourself real fast. Hey, well, I'm Will Shrout, and I'm having a uh, pretty green Christmas down here in Texas. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here, and I'm hoping that, uh, that I can be on again and more and more as the, uh, as the weeks go by. Yeah, so good Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. I am so Yay. freaking fucking excited to have you fucking on. I can't even believe it. I <laughs> spit, but that would be all over my new mic, and I would hate that, and Katie would clean it off, and she'd be like, why do you spit on your mic? I don't know. I don't know. Not gonna lie, He's actually accused me. You're probably not more excited than I am. So just 
Okay. <laughs> you can okay. fight over me later, if, boys. If you like, want to have on. an excited off, we can do this, Peter. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Please, <laughs> please, there's enough this. of me to go around. We'll oh, see who squeeze harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we are going to have a very holiday special episode of the Movie Gang Podcast. We will be reviewing White Christmas, or as it's known more in its playform, Holiday Inn. Synopsis. Having left the army following WW2, Bob Wallace and Phil Davis team up to become a top song and dance act. Davis plays matchmaker and introduces Wallace to a pair of beautiful sisters, Betty and Judy, who also have a song and dance act. When Betty and Judy travel to Vermont to a Vermont lodge to perform a Christmas show, Wallace and Davis follow a little bit creepily, only to find <laughs> the former commander, General Waverly, at the lodge as the lodge owner. A series of romantic mix-ups ensure ensue as the performers try to help the general. What? So we're clearly going back in time for our Christmas slash holiday episode. Bobby, what did you think of White Christmas? You know, it reminded me a lot of all of those classic musicals that you saw performed in like the 50s and 60s. Um, you get some fabulous dance numbers and you get lots of singing that really has no place in the actual story. But it's feel good and it's warm and it's it's Christmassy. Um, and I mean, Bing Crosby, I mean, can you get any better music as far as your Christmas no. time goes? So I, uh, you know, I find I don't it know in- that opening crawl reddits was uh, was pretty good. Yeah, I, I find it uh, thoroughly Reddit. enjoyable. I'm and, drunk too, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you got you got Mama Clooney in there doing some some fabulous uh, singing. And uh, uh, what, what, what's what's the girl with the legs? I mean, those are just Vera what Ellen. Is her, she, she did you fabulous. not see her waist? Her waist. Is, well, no, I couldn't see it. it was too okay, small. everyone chill. Everyone chill. Sarah, what was that? <laughs> you couldn't see her waist. It was too small. <laughs> well, she was, was a very, very accomplished swimmer. I mean, she was. That lady had some legs on her. It was fabulous to watch them move. Like, so. They know yeah. too because yeah, that yeah, scene yeah, where yeah, she yeah, just yeah, like yeah. goes down and everyone's like looking towards them and she just starts tapping and you can't see the vibrations of her legs. I mean, I think you probably could see it with like better cameras today, but like the point is made that like she's tapping and you can't tell. <laughs> they had some beautiful dance numbers. <laughs> A lot of nonsensical ones too. I feel like the order to the original play. I'm really, really curious, like what the plan was there with like certain ones, like minstrel show and like oh, yeah. um, choreography. <laughs> We're doing choreography every time that plays. I'm like, what? What the fuck just happened to this? Movie? I don't know, but it might be my favorite number <laughs> in the whole show. At least my favorite so random dance number. It's one of my. It's one of those things that I come back to about this movie is that. It has one of that early, kind of those early show feels where it doesn't matter what the fuck is actually happening, but it's kind of something that plays in the background of all of my Christmases, and it's one of those things that, like, you come back around to it, it's one of those show numbers, but everyone peeks the fuck up, and they're like, oh, my God, Minstrel's playing. We're at that point in the evening, and everyone goes and has a drink and watches Minstrel, and I'm like, it's one of these weird things, and then, like, you know, oh, it's Danny Kay is dancing. We all get da- we all there for, like, the early Vera Ellen Danny Kay dance where Danny Kay looks like he's about to die from being a smoker trying to dance with legs <laughs> legs McGill but you know there you go <laughs> like like they literally bring in like a secondary dance partner for her just because like they're like oh there's no way Danny K can pull this off <laughs> so it's it's, uh, it's minstrel not menstrual for the record M- minstrel, minstrel yeah, yeah. M- no 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 minstrel 
Am I, am I pronouncing, pronouncing it like, like a menstrual, menstrual cycle? cycle? Yes. Yes, you are. Are you really? Just thinking about that, Sean. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> just, just to clarify for this. That's a very different type of show, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> there is red everywhere during that number. I know. Oh. <laughs> a little bit of purple, I suppose. I mean, we found you know. the secret meaning of White Christmas. <laughs> a girl comes of age. Oh god! <laughs> oh, god. oh my god! This got really and weird really fast. And it's my fault. Dudes. Let's move on. We're not even five, not even ten minutes in. If you guys give oh me god. the ammunition, I will take it. All right. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to actually ask of your favorite like existing dance numbers. But would anyone kind of you know coming about have any sort of negative things to take away from this as opposed to other kind of uh, plays of its time and other pieces that are kind of play adaptations in other movies? Well, Peter, I have... what did you th- go ahead, Sarah? Okay. Um, well, I have sort of two comments related to that. The first being, was was the original play for this actually Holiday Inn? Because there is a film called Holiday Inn with Bing Crosby, and he does sing White Christmas, but it is a distinctly different movie. I'm Googling. Uh, so I have the answer to this, actually. Yeah. Oh, go yes. ahead. So it's so Holiday Inn. So as I understand it, Holiday Inn was made, and he sang White Christmas in that. But this movie was made after because White Christmas was such a huge damn hit that they basically built this movie around that song. Um, and so naturally, they would open and close with it. Um, but yeah, as I as I understood it, and I could verify this very easily with my internet computer pocket. Um, uh, yeah, the <laughs> the former came out before the latter. Um, Mix up the words there. So I, I think I'm just a little bit wanted. confused because I think when the show title of this was put on in places, when the show was put on, it was called initially Holiday Inn um, before it went to White Christmas. I'm not exactly entirely option. I know there's a show. I thought that I thought a show actually preceded. Oh, my God. I should have done more Googling before this. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you know White Christmas and then it's just like, what do you know? You think you know your number. shit and then you're wrong. Oh, thanks, true. Bobby. It's I such an elusive that. and deep movie. I mean, it's, you know. I don't, I I don't know it, that it's um, very deep. I, I actually like, it's, it's very hard for me. I think I think the one thing that can be said about this is that the musical numbers and the actual plot of the movie are very separated from each other. See, you know what? I, I would totally disagree with you. Oh, go, go please do. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would say, because and I was watching this and I was thinking to myself, you know what? Dancing and kinesthetic narrative is the most effective way to convey a romantic plot line. Like, there, there are people out there who could direct a marginal dance number that would express affection, but uh, the developing affection between two people, there are more of those sorts of people in the world that could write a convincing or a halfway convincing dialogue that would show development of, uh, of romance. And I, I would stand by that. I, I stand by the the such things as sisters and um, while you're dancing, which by the way is totally gonna be me and Katie's dance when we get married. I'm just saying. Uh, okay, um, honestly, that makes me so damn happy. You have no like idea. we we literally dance every time that song comes on. And it's one of those things too that my mom and my mom and dad do that always whenever. And I think that's the that's this thing. There's there's so much myth making like of Christmas built into this movie for me. And I recognize that for a lot of different people, there's a lot of different like some people have like. National Lampoon's Vacation is like the built-in Christmas thing for them. Oh god! And I'm just like, you poor fucking bastard! <laughs> what do you do? Oh my god! Such <laughs> I don't mean to be mean, but like, but, but it's like, like Christmas wrong. By wolves. Like oh we can either god. have some amazing dancing, or we have this poor dude electrify himself. Like, yeah. what's the plan here? <laughs> like, Jack, Jack doesn't mean to be mean, but he's gonna power through it anyway. Just so you all know. <laughs> yeah, I'll power through. <laughs> 
not being mean. I understand that like Christmas is like the thing, and sometimes like right. I ha- I actually my god my godfather and my uh, my I guess my godbrother, um, like they watch like a Christmas story and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation every every Christmas, and I'm always there, and I'm always decorating Christmas cookies, and I'm just thinking to myself. White Christmas. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I'm like, fuck off. But I mean, coming back to the point, I'll agree with certain amounts of the songs. I think at the point that the show becomes a different show is when we start getting numbers like minstrels and choreography. Um, and I think it really diverts there. But I think you're right, probably in that sense, that there really is only two numbers. But I would argue they're they're a large portion of the film because the majority of uh, things that actually talk about them are packed into the first sequence. I like they have their like coming to showbiz shows, and then they have like the ones that define them, like the the sisters and the dan- you know yeah when you're dancing. Well, number, which see is the one early the one on. I'm thinking about the one I'm thinking about in particular is like the the first one um, where uh, Phil and uh, Vera Ellen's character meet. And they start yeah. dancing, and they do. That's what I'm talking they about. do a mixture. They do a mixture of flamenco. They have this like spice in their dance that's actually like kindling the sort of like lusty relations that begin when you see someone for the first time. You're like, oh man, I'd like to have sex with that person, but it's the 50s, so I'm gonna do Spanish dancing. Um, dance about it instead. So, <laughs> like, that's a wonderful. I'm pretty sure it implies you know, actually like, that they porked. I'm just saying. Oh no, they're totally. Gonna dance yeah. your feelings out. I think I think that's the bit is that both of those like characters are more are more open and can I think the the suggestion is that they can both you know you know there's two couples in this play and then, oh not I, I keep I, I see I've seen the play version of White Christmas and now I just feel like it came first especially like for certain songs and stuff like that I know that's not the case but whatever but the the point with them is that. Um, as they're as they're going through it, I always felt like you know you have kind of this this tense uptight couple, and then you have like this open couple. And the issue is that they're so open, they don't necessarily you know they can express feelings and sexuality, but they won't necessarily stick together and form a relationship, which that comes later on. However, yeah. tentatively, tentatively as it does. <laughs> well, I mean, the talk 1950s about like a scene of. That... Yeah, going I mean, like, steady. Aren't you gonna? Yeah, aren't you going to kiss me? Like, only when I have to. It's like, I don't want to get involved with this woman, like, you know, immediately. And I, I mean, yeah. we all know what that means. Come on. I, like, yeah. No, it's exactly that. It's like, and it's exactly that kind of like, you know, there's this kind of like drama, sub drama going in the background. And it's all, and it's all background because, you know, Danny Kay and Vera Ellen are, are like the secondaries clearly to Bing oh, Crosby. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. um, What's her name? Clooney. Rosemary Clooney. Uh, Rosemary Clooney. Sorry, I really do yep. know these people. <laughs> Mama Clooney. I mean, Rosemary Clooney. Yeah, yeah. Call her Mama Clooney. Yeah, she's it's yeah, easier. Mama Clooney. Yeah. Well, I she's mean, she's I, uh, George Clooney's aunt. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's how George Clooney got his start in yep. showbiz. Is that he had an aunt that was very well connected. God, and they're both just so beautiful. Oh. I know. Like that Rosemary that family that that is Absolutely. that is the yeah. jackpot of jeans. I'm just saying Hashtag yeah. blessing. Yeah. Like both sides. Like usually like you'll have a family and they got some ugly men and some hot women, but fuck. Like there is no losing there. For anyone. It's all about the fucking it's all about the fucking salt and pepper man. That's where it's at. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I, that's something that you and me are going to be saying a lot more as we go, Sean. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you Sean. last time you visited, my friend. I, well, I'm also, doing also, fine, bro. 
<laughs> it's okay. I'm worse than you. It's fine. We're gonna get there. As a, a f- at least we're not. Neither of us are gonna lose our hair. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> I'm gonna be the last to lose my hair out of. All I know. Of God damn saying. it. <laughs> my dad, my my parents are both in their mid fifties right now, and they both still like 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 with these like with with the exception of a slightly receding hairline. Both of my parents, like I'm like on my dad. Both of my parents still have full heads of hair. I think I'm good. I'm not. Just I'm not doubting saying. that, my friend. I'm not doubting that. Don't worry. I will look sexy with that with that salt and pepper hair, bitch. Wait for it. <laughs> I, I it, it gets me going. I'm in total trepidation to see it. We should just call it. I don't know. I'm not years. sure that means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually much more. Uh, I don't know. Lucid on these, so you know, just you got to go with it. It's fair. You know, it's White Christmas. I thought I could do a review of White Christmas in my sleep, but apparently it's actually a fuck ton more complicated than that. Oh, <laughs> so duh. here we are. I mean, I do think it is like a, it is one of the complicated. Why, why do you think? And I'm going to ask this specifically to Will. Why do you think that White Christmas kind of holds? And I, and I guess it actually doesn't hold as much of a social place in society right now as much as like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And I, not to say inferior movies, sure. but definitely more cutesy movies centered inferior on inferior movies. Yes. Well, I don't, well, I don't think it's an inferior movie. Like, you know, if, if like we're bad, if we're playing basketball and baseball, obviously, you know, like different games, different things, like you're the best baseball player that ever played basketball. What the fuck does that mean? So I, I you know, shooting for different things doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So under those things, why do you think White Christmas holds the place in society? Is that for me, it kind of, whenever White Christmas came on, it kind of creates this social structure of like classing the Christmas up. Like we go to the piano and we sing a little bit, a couple carols and that sort of thing or do that. So I have this, this social, and I, I realize that I personally have this social connection to White Christmas. Um, but what do you think, what does it mean to you as somebody else? Like, did you play White Christmas a lot when you were little? Oh, me? Um no, no, not at all. I mean, this is the first time I've seen this movie. Oh, and I think did, it's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. First off, I mean, it's the. It's like, it's the. It's the quintessential thing that the fifties needed at the time. You know, this depiction of like, you know, not only like a very, very happy and sprightly couple, married couple or soon to be married couple, but also two people who are like very well accomplished, but also sort of reluctant, actually just kind of easily slipping their way into love and a family. And if you'll mm-hmm. notice, like at the very end, um, each side has nine kids. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, so it's like this, you know, when, oh, uh, when you're Phil right. in the very beginning, I didn't even yeah, get when that. F- when Phil Go in the beginning says, yeah, like, like a motherfucker. Yeah. You gotta yeah, have like guys. nine kids, man. And it's like, yeah, check it out. Like you can count them. Um, and so it's like, yeah, it's the perfect nuclear family story, or like yeah. you know, super nuclear for talking. So I'll say kids. this: I, there's um, something else I have to say specifically about that. One of the things that always comes up in my family is the fact that like all three of those little girls are way too young to be on point. Uh, oh, so yeah, just Jesus. it's one of those things from like the '50s, like you know, because your foot was still developing. So like both those women probably like can't walk now and all that stuff from like. I don't know, dude. Bodies. I went on point when I was ten. So yeah, but like those, those two girls, younger girls were younger than ten, definitely. Well, they weren't on point from what I saw. It yeah, they were. The, yeah, okay, they were. Well, I must have missed that. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. No, no, no. I, I. This is like literally like Bobby. This comes up every fucking Christmas. Like, Kate, like Kitty is sitting on the couch. Like my my uh, my little sister who is a uh, who's a ballerina for like a like a nice play company here and uh, Durham and uh, and she's like and they they go up on point and they analyze it. <laughs> I'm like I'm not I'm not I'm not like like I'm not like saying like it's objective. Fuck. 
<laughs> I had forgotten you had done ballet, Bobby. Yeah. Yes, no, you must have been you did like do ballet. That's correct. Eating yeah. that up. Yes, we I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the I dance numbers in this uh, this movie. I thought that um, the dance numbers in White Christmas are really similar to that in um, like Brigadoon or um, some of the, the oh. Bob Fosse originals. They yeah. uh, not, oh, yeah. obviously not Fosse style, but a similar yeah. kind of um, uh, just just kind of artistic style. Um, that I really I really enjoyed it. I understand it's kind of a cabaret. Um, White Christmas in that the the musical numbers are not necessarily sensical to the plot or necessary to it but I really um, I really appreciated the couples dances that they did and um, the tap number was just fabulous so that's that's definitely something really enjoyable about this film I I love the choreography in it yeah so I mean you have like a pure like, I feel like like some of my favorite events are in here. Like, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I, we're going to get to scores eventually for this film, but I don't really have anything to give it because I'm entirely biased. Because <laughs> for, well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, if, if you're doing the Christmas thing other than Die Hard, what beats this? Like, it's, it's just <laughs> like entirely the different vibes. Like, if it's me and my dad at Christmas, it's Die Hard. If it's, if it's the family at Christmas, it's White Christmas. So, like... That's just I, I, just, I never did fucking Christmas what? movies. I never. I was never like a Christmas movie guy, you know. What does that mean? Are, are you actually? Actually, I don't know. Are you Christian, Sean? Yeah, I'm Catholic, man. I'm from. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you're Catholic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have. You're like more Christian than I am. I, I wouldn't consider watching Christmas movies to be like a Christian thing. I, I no, it's not. It's yeah, not at all. No, and I, I would all. definitely say that because, like, like I'm. I can't really a heathen. Well, I, I like my mother listens to this show Bobby apparently, putting, so I Bobby don't know what, how much I would say plain here. Spoken words. I just want to point that out, like, and, and rather and rather excitedly too, just like like off of the corner. Heathen, yes, I get to say. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, when anyone described me as a heathen, I'm actually like dead curious now. I'm pretty sure someone outside of our friend group who was like super religious would call us all heathens. Just probably. Well, well, Twenty One Pilots Peter. once said, "All my friends are heathens." So. <laughs> okay, and it's even worse lie, because like I'm like song. way more debauched. Like me and Will both like generally are like way more debauched than you. It's not fair to gay people. I'm just saying. <laughs> I I have I have words to exchange with you later. <laughs> <laughs> to prove I'm wrong. Uh, if I didn't think all my friends were, oh, I was saying if I don't think all my friends were going to hell, you guys wouldn't be worth hanging out with. Oh, that's a great way to put it, Bobby. I like that. Wait, Bobby, is that why? Is that why? Like, even though we were talking about fucking Shakespeare and like and, and like the accents you could do, like why we connected so quickly, like that first week of that first week of school. Likely. Wow, we're like we're going back, man. I don't remember that. I sense darkness no. in all of you. <laughs> no, like no, 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 no. See, the thing is, Sean, none of you remember that because it was literally just me and Bobby on like on our on our hall, and she's like sitting on like sitting on the ledge reading this big ass thick anthology of Shakespeare, and I'm just and and I and I, and I remember and I remember like like when all, when everyone on our hall met, I was just like this short ass little white girl is cool as fuck. I want to be friends with her, and so I walk up to her i'm just like what you're reading and she tells me and, and it's like we talked about we talked for like 30 minutes about fucking shakespeare and then she started like rattling off accents that she could do literally i'm sorry i'm like i'm, I'm actually getting like really nostalgic right now i'm gonna stop whereas when it's we, because yeah, of white let's, christmas let's go ahead and stop that. back, back, we're back in to the our, subject trial and i have to move on yeah, to talk sorry. about a minute a here story. we need to talk about our sponsor for this show today which is audible.com 
For you, the listener of the Movie Gang podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services, which includes such things as The Girl on the Train, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, Divergent by Veronica Roth, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, The Book Thief, and Crush It. Why now is the time to cash in on your passion. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash the movie gang. Again, that is audibletrial.com backslash the movie gang for your free audiobook. Remember, the backslash the movie gang is really important because it'll go ahead and help out the movie gang podcast and let us keep the lights on and do new exciting endeavors here. We would really appreciate you supporting us through audible.com. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We actually have sponsors now. <laughs> we actually, I'm, I'm actually like. Of all of all the sponsors we could get, Audible is actually pretty cool. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's pretty badass. <laughs> like, I'm always worried we're gonna get like a sponsor from like a movie studio or something, and it's like, it's like, don't you like uh, Trolls the movie? And I'm like, no. Or what that new one like Sing, which is just a bunch of pigs. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> if that's ever the case, like we'll fucking I sponsor hate the goddamn. Sing. I was, I was about to say. say. Cause you you couldn't pay me enough money to like say that Trolls is a good movie on on fucking air. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Sean. I feel like I don't we're know. All we could find a price apart. tag. <laughs> I was about to say, long, sure. as I love you, Sean. As like like possessive of like I don't know, like you are my like material friend to some extent, and I mean that in the best fucking way possible. Like, <laughs> I feel like oh everything has a price tag. <laughs> oh Everyone in this podcast has a price tag. Oof. Oof. The movie game Some podcast of us are just is for distinctly sale. Distinctly lower than others. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, may- maybe you do, Bobby, but like, I mean. Oh. Wow. Fuck oh, you, you could be so easily bribed and manipulated, Sean. Do not pretend to be so Fuck high and you, mighty. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, all right, all right. Back to White Christmas. <laughs> I think we need to go ahead and wrap this up real quick. Well, actually, there was this. there was a little bit that I wanted to talk about, no, actually, no, go which go ahead, Sarah. May, may be an effect on how we rate the movie. I don't know, but just something I thought was interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to preface it with talking again a little bit about Holiday Inn. I was watching Holiday Inn, the film, and I was wondering, well, why isn't this a more popular Christmas movie? Like, this is actually pretty good. And then there's a scene where Bing Crosby comes out on stage in blackface. And I suddenly realized why this is not a more popular movie. But then fast forwarding to White Christmas, there is certainly nothing as blatantly racist and horrible in White Christmas. But I have been wondering about the minstrels number. Is that not a throwback to the predominantly African-American minstrel show? And is the fact that there are no African-American dancers in that number particularly offensive? Or just is that number offensive in general mm-hmm. or not? Or just that, that's a stage That's a two-stage question. First off, the one, is, there, is the fact that it's a minstrel show not including African-American people offensive? To me, that's not offensive. That they've like... I don't know, like, taken it and not made it about African-American people. That makes it less offensive. Is the concept of the minstrel show tied into the history somewhat offensive and probably wouldn't be referenced now? Yes. Yeah. But again, it's it's like just looking at a product of its time. Like, Of course, did they, of course. Did they go out in blackface? No. Did they make a show just made of black people? No. So is this particular iteration um, offensive? Not really is the concept of a minstrel show built into the kind of these black, like this 
black issue. Yes, so is is the concept of it viewing it later. Yes, but I, I have to give credit to them here that they didn't do that because I feel like Ben Bing Crosby would have wanted to do that. So maybe I feel like this is like kind of not not censorship, but like an early form of them saying, "Hold up, guys, <laughs> this is awful." So for me, I know what you're saying. Like he was not gonna not have a menstrual show because that's just like the history and the show base that he comes from in the time period. So from for them to not do that, and especially in Holiday Inn, I know exactly what you're talking about when he comes out on blackface and it's absolutely horrifying. Um, which and and you know, I, I'm not saying Bing Crosby's a good person. I'm saying probably he looked at the color images of being in blackface and said, "Oh, that doesn't look as nice," <laughs> and they just didn't do it. Like I'm not attributing him. I'm I'm literally not attributing Bing Crosby like, to well, being a good person. He just probably said, "Oh, I don't like this it. stylistically." I mean, the uh, I think the, the 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 TV show that did it best was Mad Men, right? Because it's like it's kind of like parodying like all this shit that's going on, right? We remember like the scene where Roger Sterling comes out in blackface during like the the wedding party and you know you've got oh even in the way they're doing it in in, in Mad Men at least is like you've got people on both sides who are like mm, that's probably a little too far we've kind of advanced past that and then people who are like finding it absolutely hilarious right yeah well it's, I think it's exactly like it's today except it was 20 years ago recognizing that Bing Crosby didn't feel comfortable to put blackface into this probably recognize is it's like watching history unfold and become more tolerant of shit or less tolerant of terribly racist shit. So, I mean, it's like, it's like for me, like, I always enjoy seeing Holiday Inn and then seeing this as opposed to that because there's, like, a progression there. At the same time, I recognize that the menstrual, like, I would never put on a menstrual show because that would be bad. Right. Unless I was, like... I don't know, Jack. I'd like to see your menstrual show. <laughs> would you like to see my menstrual show? <laughs> when you went and saw Minstrel, Minstrel, actually, actually, now that I think about it, I would love to see. I would love to see you, Jack, recite heroic poetry for nobility. That's. <laughs> I would love that. With the hat with the feather in it and everything. Every, yes, yes, all of it. Medieval. So long as it's a, as long as it's a minstrel show, not a menstrual show, Jack, I'm down to watch this go down. <laughs> oh, and now we're coming full cycle, I guess. Uh, <laughs> really ah, we, funny. the critics, have become the show. Oh my god! <laughs> what was that, Will? You had a point. Well, I was just, I was just thinking back, and didn't they weren't um, weren't the main singers uh, sported up in uh, in black coats and red gloves? Correct. Yep. Imitating the color scheme of like the original minstrel shows. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just confirming that. There's my I mean, sprinkle of Penny Royal. I, I don't know enough history here about the minstrel show to like say it, but it it was specifically this or that, and it was kind of like, aren't black people funny? Ha 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 ha! It, it's like there is like this this super racist element to the history of the show, um, but I think that's the thing is like, and also like the the style of comedy they do during that it's fine because it's like it's two white women and two white men doing it so i feel like it's fine in context of them watching them be silly but then they do bad jokes like ah, da, 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 da. what is it mr bones mr bones oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what on. do you feel mr bones rattling rattling yeah i know right. yeah this is a very musical podcast it's today. like it's like well, i mean will, it's like hearing will tell a pun you're just like uh... you know what peter <laughs> you know what that's either disdain or a mild orgasm. It could be either one. It was, it, it was both. They're it was indistinguishable both. for me. Trust me. 
<laughs> Trust me, it was both. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get on to a little bit of ratings here. Um, just moving, moving right past that. We're gonna get a couple minutes here, and we're just gonna go through uh, one by one, and we're gonna get everyone to just do a number associated with White Christmas and a couple seconds to justify that number that you've given. Uh, first up, we have uh, Peter. I'm going to give uh, White Christmas a 7.5. It was a musical. I enjoyed it. The dance numbers are fucking amazing. Like, I loved them as whether, whether they were connected to the story or not. They were fun to watch. And I, and, I, and, I re- and I really love watching the two respective romances in this film. Done. Hmm. That's, a, that's, not a bad, uh, that's not a bad go of it. All right, Will, you're up next. Well, since, uh, like Bing Crosby in the movie, I'm a miserable, bitter old man um, who needs man. to be happy. Um, I would I would give this probably... We're doing numbers, right? Correct. Out of ten. Okay. Um, hell, I'd give it a nine. Um, I love it. I think um, just in terms of, like, structure, it's like watching... I mean, it's literally watching two stars dance around each other. It's like, I mean, for the first time I'm seeing this movie and, I mean, just watching it for purely purely musical and cinematic value. I mean, uh, the dance numbers were great. I saw a lot of history of dance in there. Um, you know, I saw Martha Graham show up. I saw beatnik stuff show up. Um, you know, talking about hearkening back to, um, you know, older musicals, Singing in the Rain, that first dance number uh, between uh, the two leads were, you know, is swinging on poles, for Christ's sake. I mean, it's like a history of dance right there. Um, so, yeah, I think on almost that basis alone, let alone the chemistry of the actors and actresses, uh, yeah, nine. I think it's going to be, whew, damn, I think I do think these older movies and specifically Evergreen episodes are going to have an extreme variability of like what we like and dislike about them because I don't I don't think there's it's hard it's hard to say. I do think that it, we're just going to like the over like usually I really love our overall scores for these episodes because it balances out us into like something very interesting. I don't think that's going to be true of this one because I just think that the general ability or like the variability of like where do you place a Christmas classic even though it might be somewhat troublesome today. On that note, Sean, what's your score? Well, I'm glad you prefaced it that way because I mean, I've never been one for Christmas movies and yeah, I mean, there were some cool dance numbers, but overall, like, it was mediocre in terms of, like, plot, right? Like, there wasn't really much going on. Could have been better written. It was pretty well shot, I'll give it that. Um, I guess if I was to balance everything out, I'd probably go with, like, a 7. I think that's pretty fair. Um, it's not something that I go back to, and again, like, Will, I had only just seen it this one time. Um, but, you know, it was kind of a fun experience. Don't know if I'd watch it again, but... Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's fair. If Like, clearly people are saying, like, this is a good movie, but, you know, it's there's such a level of variability in, like, what you think and about it that it's difficult to put a score on it. And I recognize that. I mean, this is kind of silly to some extent, but we're still coming around to just, like, talking about what what's going on and, like, what we feel about it overarchingly. So, Bobby, you're up next. Uh, well, White Christmas isn't in the continuum of my Christmas tradition. Um, so my favorite Christmas movie has always been It's a Wonderful Life and It's a Wonderful Life It Shall Remain. Um, however, White Christmas is enjoyable and I do enjoy the musical numbers and I think it's a warm, feel-good story for the time of year. However, y'all have forced me to be the Scrooge of the group. So um, I'm going to rate it as a six. 
Uh, I find it to be a, a perfectly acceptable Christmas movie, but I, uh, aside from the musical numbers, there isn't so much substance there, and I would rather watch some of my other Christmas favorites this time of year and forego White Christmas in the future. Hmm. I'm actually shocked that from you, and you're saying that you are in particularly, that you're particularly, a, you would consider yourself, uh, like, you, you consider this in your Christmas canon, but you don't consider it your prime Christmas movie. So you, you, and that's the thing is like, what I'm finding is that people always have a prime holiday movie per se. I think it depends on what you watched with your parents when you were a little kid, you know? And if you watched White Christmas with your mom and dad when you were young, then you probably hold it in a special place in your heart, whereas it's just not the movie we watched. We watched It's a Wonderful Life, all a million hours of it. So it's it holds a special place for me, and this uh, one just can't crack the number. I love A Wonderful Life. Like, I'm not going to crap on it at all well i'm gonna crap on it a little bit um but like i'm just joking but like but it is there is like structural issues in a wonderful life as opposed to this movie where like there's structural issues at the ass like it's one thing like i think like i I step back from my like like you know my movie rating brain to say was the emotional impact of this on my childhood effective would it be the equally effective on a different child's life and creating different tone for their christmases No, no, I know. I feel like I can't imagine what it's like to come to White Christmas for the first time. I, I like, I cannot conceive of it. I, I, I have no idea what that is. Um, Sarah, you're up next. <clears throat> well, it's um, I'm right there with you, Jack. It's it's really hard for me to to look at this film. That's why I say you, you have to realize I'm always I'm always playing the game, Sarah. That's why you and me are at the last mm-hmm. year. <laughs> go, um, I, uh, let's let's go I, into the good night with positivity how about yes, that <laughs> yes i uh, i've been watching this film since i was a kid my orchestra teacher would put it on at christmas time every year say you have to have danny k and bing crosby at christmas you just have to <laughs> um uh trying to look at it trying to step back enough to you know not be emotionally invested too much i still give this film an eight. Sure, it's got some plot holes. Um, it is definitely a product of its time, um, with you know some gender role stuff and very slight race stuff. Mainly a lack of diversity. That being said, the the musical numbers are phenomenal, both in the singing and the dancing and the orchestration, and uh, it is a very happy, feel good movie. Um, which I personally need at Christmas time. So I give it an eight <laughs> out of 10. So I, damn, you were actually harsher than I thought. Damn it, Sarah. Where, where are you? Where, where is the backup that I require? God damn it. <laughs> hey man, I'm, I'm your positivity for today. We'll, we'll give know, it a I nine. I, I, I think this is the thing for me is that I have never given a 9.5 or a 10 in the history of the, of the, um, of the of the podcast and i come here today wanting to give white christmas a 10 and i will say this instead of that i will instead say that i am non-applicable to this post um and i do that specifically because the concept of christmas is inherent to white christmas to me like literally Christmas to me means white Christmas. And I think that's just because, you know, this is my holiday movie of 
choice and as such like there's not like there's not really much you can say like like what what do i say it's like yes it is like what what do you rate christmas at this point and i think that's the thing is i I recognize here that i am entirely incapable of rating this movie and i think that's just what we have to say sometimes and i've done this this is not the first time i've done this i don't think but i think if i take myself out of the equation then the overall rating for white christmas from the movie gang podcast is a seven point five which if with my 10 included it would have been an exact eight which i feel like that's a good level of variability and i think that that's probably like a not the the worst rating in the world um probably more fair than our uh, dinner with andre rating which was like a perfect ten, which was a perfect <laughs> yeah. or was better it? than moonlight without me which apparently got a nine as well from all three reviewers totally <laughs> deserved <laughs> Just no, I gave it a nine as well. Yeah. I saw it. I gave it a nine as well. We that that is something that you and me like desperately need to talk about someday. Because oh, I listened yeah. to your guys' cast, and I disagree. I disagree with a lot of what you said, but I, I love that no, movie. No, that, no, that, no, that, no, yeah, that's totally fine. Like, yeah, like, we, we should definitely discuss it. I want. I actually, I actually like really want to discuss that with you. Um, but we're gonna just uh, end that for today. And I'm just going to wanted to say a couple words uh, from the Movie Gang Podcast. From all of us here at the Movie Gang Podcast, we wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I started this podcast to have a second family and to keep love and laughter in my life and everyone else's. And I and everyone here hope that you will do the same and that you, will ha- that you can this holiday season find your tribe wherever they may be. But until then, you're always welcome back here with us on the Movie Gang Podcast and to listen along and to enjoy it and to come and uh, do that with us. So from all of us here at the Tuscan Shed Media Network, um, Merry Christmas. And of course, please have a happy holiday. If you want to head on over to Tuscan Shed Media Network, that's TuscanShed.com. You can go check out our other podcast, including Animania, our animation podcast, Geek Space Nine, our Deep Space Nine retrospective podcast, uh, Save Point Gamecast, our video game podcast, and of course, A Feast for Bros, our Game of Thrones watch-along podcast. You can go check all those out at TuscanShed.com. And please head over to audibletrial.com backslash the movie gang and try uh, the 30-day free trial from Audible. We would really appreciate you using that hashtag. I know it's a little thing. You actually got to go in and type it in, but it would really actually help us keep the lights on and keep us doing what we love doing. So again, from everyone here at the movie gang podcast, we really appreciate you and we really hope that you've had a wonderful year and you continue to have a very happy holidays. For... The Movie Gang Podcast. This has been Jack Newman and Sean Solis. Say bye, Sean. Take care, y'all. Some fun. William Shrout. You say something. You say goodbye. <laughs> oh. Oh, goodbye. God damn it, guys. It's been I was being really nice. <laughs> you just ruin everything. God Already damn it. Already a wreck. I love it. There's some lag. <laughs> Sarah Becker. Thanks for listening, everyone. Happy holidays. Peter Dancy. Much love to you all. And, of course, Bobby Pike. May your Christmas be better than all of 2016. Okay. Oh, my God. That's so fucking true. (laughs)
But I don't think yeah. somebody rubbing hot shit on my face would be better than most of 2016. <laughs> there you go. I'm just saying, start Ew. the bar low. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Why? 2017, uh, the bar is set very low. Oh, my uh, God. We were so warm and fuzzy, and then we mentioned shit. I know. Warm Let's end it with some face. more Ugh. Christmasing. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. My bottle is gone. Just like the ones I used to know. Ah, fuck this.